Welcome to Due to the Current Situation, a podcast about the art world, friendship, and everything in between. I'm Whitney Lamora, curator, producer, and immersive artist. And I'm Denise Young, curator and relational artist. And this episode, we're talking about our values, Ooh. inspired by our queen, Brene Brown. Bow down. But, bow down. But before we, get to, before we get started, we just like to check in and say, what you been thinking about? How's it going? What's up? What's, What's up? up? Well, we are in a heat wave. I like every every episode. We're just going to start with a weather update. I think which I love. You know, the Midwest vibes is you got to check in on the weather. Yeah, what the fuck's happening out there? This is what's happening. Hot as hell. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what's up with me? I since you asked, here we are. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we record over my like, quote unquote, weekend, typically. And so that's where we are. Um, this past week was a little bit a little bit more quiet for me in the space, which I'm very thankful for. We had a very chaotic week, the week before and we're going into another kind of wild, very different week um, at the Martin and at split rail, but um, took the advantage this weekend, not only to rest a little bit, uh, but I took myself to the movies on Saturday, which, yeah, which you did. was the best. So that was kind of my big uh, artistic exposure this weekend. I went to the Music Box Theater, shout out, um, the best, most historic, beautiful, wonderful theater here in Chicago. Uh, I declared it, and I think this is true. This is my, it's my favorite place in Chicago. I um, love that, that that's your favorite place. Yeah, it's, it's so like unique and specific. You think? I mean, well, I just think it's I'd like out of all the places you could choose, like an, a historic theater is like a cool spot to call your favorite. Yeah, I love it so much. I, you know, I, I admire that it's been able to uh, continue to exist and thrive. They expanded it in the last couple of years to include this like beautiful, like outside garden. Um, there's a place they got to leverage during the pandemic. Uh, they also pivoted and did um, some, uh, what do you call it? The drive-in movie screenings and stuff like that. But every year I go to their uh, screening of It's a Wonderful Life. It's my favorite Chicago Christmas tradition. Um, and yeah, so every year they do a 70 millimeter film festival, which I'm not like the biggest film head um, I want to, every time I go to the movies or every time I see a great movie, I'm like, dang, I really need to like invest more time in film. But, um, years ago I saw 2001, a space odyssey. It was my first exposure to that film and they bring it back every year that they do the 70 millimeter film festival. And so, um, it had been many years since I saw it and, uh, yeah, took myself on a Saturday afternoon. It's a three hour long movie that has an intermission in the middle of it. And you all know. <laughs> how I feel about intermissions but to be fair in the movie I mean I did get up and go pee so I was thankful for that <laughs> um but you know it got me it really got me thinking about a lot of things I mean I I meant to between the screening and now uh look up a little bit about the film and about Kubrick himself because I'm I uh him being a man of the past I'm certain is problematic I'm just gonna go ahead and assume he's problematic but this film that he made is just, it's so bold. I mean, the the volume of sound that you hear before you even see anything on the screen is like outrageous. Um, and it is, it's truly a feat. Um, and and I loved the experience and, and seeing it. So I highly recommend if no, I can't imagine just like casually watching it at home. It feels made for the theater. 
so I highly recommend it. I know, obviously, this this is coming out in several weeks, and so the festival will be gone. But for anyone who's in Chicago, uh, definitely definitely keep an eye out for it next year and get yourself to the music box and invest so we can keep this historic, beautiful thing going. I know we need to go to an adventure there. I haven't been yet. Yeah. And while I was in the theater, you were also seeing art. I was seeing art. I saw the hundredth episode of Please Don't Touch the Artist by our uh, mutual friend and sweet human, Shivana Lachlan. That's it was right. a really great show celebrating a hundred episodes of this online show that she's been doing during the pandemic, which I got to help kickstart at the beginning of 2020, which is crazy. Um, it's an sh- online Zoom show, immersive theater piece that was this show is about Chevalis, her like alter ego, who's like this angry <laughs> um, tea party host. And there was a lot of audience interaction. There was uh, the hundred year old Betty White made an appearance played by an audience member. And um, it was really fun. So it was a great That's show. So great. And I also got to perform on yes. Friday night. Yes. In the show, No Hotel, which was great. It was basically this conceptual art piece by Amina Hanke, um, an Austrian artist who uh came to Chicago on this kind of residency from Austria kind of an exchange that the government subsidizes which is really cool and we performed basically a champagne opening of just two people and it was hilarious in this condemned building uh that the that is mysteriously has a sign on it that says like notice no one is allowed here but somehow it's still being used. And so, I mean, it was kind of making a comment on this building that's condemned and how we use Instagram and social media to create false narratives of what's happening. And so then we created this like false opening, even though it was like real, but fake and like published, but unpublished and no one else was there. It was very fun. So no one else did no audience, like nothing, no audience. Wow. Yeah. And And there was only you all just like continued to toast each other all night. We like. just toasted each other all night. And then Michaela came to take photos and we would just, we took a couple videos of us pretending to talk like gallery talk, but just between the two of us. And the gallery space was very empty. And so we were just like looking at nothing in this like empty space, but these very small objects that Amina had collected from other artists across the U like across the U S and across the globe. And so then she brings the objects and wants to display them in this um, kind of, hilarious but non-realistic but realistic gallery show wow yeah and how did you feel about it I loved it it was so funny it was just like very goofy just to like be like oh tell me about the work and then we're like looking at a lot of nothing and like or um it was just like a hilarious time to get to know one another and it was really fun to connect Amina and Michaela yeah, you just like you just met this person, right? I met her, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month or two ago at this point. And she was she was just here for two and a half months and she's leaving at the end of the month. And she's taking this no hotel idea to like Airbnbs and public and private spaces. Like the next place she's going is Istanbul, and then she's going back to Austria to cre- hmm. keep creating this type of show. And Michaela gave her expired California license to be in the next show. <laughs> which is super cool. And I gave like a little uh, Velveteen Rabbit book to be in the yeah. next show. So she's wow. collecting these like little objects. And it was hilarious. She had a pair of jeans from another artist that were like hung on the door of the gallery and someone stole them. 
And so she was like, this is also part of the story of like what's happening is like somebody just like taking art from the gallery. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I was just talking to uh, Emma, our event assistant at the Martin about things that have been stolen from the Martin and how you're just like, it feels... um, Luckily, knock on wood to the, like nothing, nothing like pieces of art that have like been on display that are like part of an exhibition or anything like that. But um, just how people just, you know, you're like, you're, you're in this space and you're, you just, you just took it like, <laughs> um, and just, yeah, the weird people, somebody, uh, so we had in the original storefront, we had um a solo show by our friend Lisa Ronsky called No Paper. So Lisa is a really talented um, illustrator and also an architect. And so she sketches a lot of um, buildings and people and stuff, but she uses a lot of, uh, she would just like, she would sketch on her arm and then she'd take a picture of it. And then she started sketching on uh, fresh like fall leaves and stuff. And so I was like, oh my God, put this into a show. So we made a show called No Paper. And as after she uninstalled on like a little paper bag, she sketched uh, an internal view looking out onto North Avenue of our original storefront. And it was like so beautiful and like left it for us and was like, thank you so much for the show. We hung it in our bathroom and like sometime in the next six months we came in and someone had stolen that. And it's like, it's not your storefront. Like what? (laughs) Why do you want this? Right. Yeah. So wild. People are awful. People are hilarious. Um, people are hilarious and shouldn't be allowed in spaces. Just kidding. Just welcome, kidding. welcome everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, we've we had a fruitful, a fruitful and exciting weekend. Then I think that's great. I can't wait to see the photos. Are you gonna? Will they be up on your website? Are you? How? how yeah, will they you should share probably them? be up on. I think on Amina's website or on the defibrillator, which was like a co-sponsor of the event. Amazing. Well, I think that's all I've, I've really got on my end. Yeah, well, same. Should we jump into this week's topic? We should. Chosen by me. Yeah, tell us why you chose this topic. Here we go. <laughs> I don't, well, I, I think we mentioned this before, um, but you and I are switching off each week on, on what topics we pick. So, um, so, you know, after our process episode... Um, I was thinking a lot about like, did I rise to this occasion? Like a lot of me, a lot of me, uh, I really loved our conversation, but a lot of what I was thinking about after that was like, did I just talk about kickoff versus process, you know? And then um, that combined with um, uh, our uh, approaching the world as an artist episode, I was also thinking like, am I just like forcing my values on everyone with this podcast where I was basically like, you know, it's valuable to me to like look at the environment and like really take everything in. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about values anyway. Like, do I really, really value this, the kickoff of, of the process? Do I really, really value, um, you know, like the environment of the process and, uh, maybe, maybe without having those words exactly. But then this week I, uh, last weekend, funnily enough, I went to go listen to just, so Brene Brown, hello, everyone knows, uh, everyone should know and love her. I listen to her podcast really regularly. Um, I prefer Unlocking Us 
Dare to Lead is the, is the other podcast that she has, but it's all about leadership and usually in the workspace. And currently I'm not leading anyone. I think it's all like really valuable lessons, but I connect a lot more with Unlocking Us at this moment in time. Um, and I pulled up this old episode uh, between her and her sister that was exploring values. And I believe it dropped like January of this year. So you can go back and find it. Um, I accidentally played it. I accidentally started it while Emma was running the marketplace. And so uh, my phone, for some reason, instead of just playing on my phone, played over the iPad in the space. So while our marketplace makers were setting up, it, she was like, hello, I'm Brene, Brene Brown. Welcome to Unlocking Us. And I was like, oh, shit. And Emma's like, I'll put on my phone. You can listen to Brene Brown. And so um, that's awesome. this is the episode that came out of it. So Emma, it was worth it. Um, but she was talking about this, this uh, values exercise that she and the Brene Brown team have developed. Um, and I really thought the episode was really interesting. And uh, the whole time I was thinking about it, I, I thought this could be a great exercise for us. So essentially what it is, we'll link it in our show notes so everybody can go and do it themselves. But uh, the Brene Brown team has put together over a hundred list of, lists of values, of possible values with the option to add in your own. Um, it literally starts with A, accountability, all the way down to W, wisdom, and everything in between. And so the huge challenge here is to look at this list and choose your top two, which is two super, people. super hard. You're supposed to pick two out of a hundred. Two. Um, and another interesting thing that Brene said uh, was, you know, she does most of her work in uh, professional workspaces. And someone wants, like, she's like a very common question that I have is, should I be filling this out for my, my work values or my personal values? And she was like, they should be the same. So this is the huge task that I gave us in our huge homework that we've had for the last week. So since I had this experience before, Janice, I'm going to toss it to you before I continue um, and kind of see, like, when I gave you this, you were very much like gung-ho, like, yes, do, let's do it. Um, how was it when you actually like opened it up, approached it and all of that? It was definitely daunting when I opened it up. The, I mean, the PDF is only like three pages or four pages long, but when I listened to the podcast, I was really intrigued by what you said, the comment about like your value should be the same from your work life and your personal life. And then, um, I like took some, I don't know, some other things that stuck out to me from the podcast itself were like, uh you have to take these words from like just being words to behaviors and how do you do that well and kind of live through and out of your values, not only as like something that happens. She was talking about like going into an office and having like a bald eagle with the words like integrity written on it. Yes. And she was like, what does this mean? And then yes. she was like, oh, the employees, they just memorize the values and like don't implement them in their work. And so I thought a lot about that. Mm. And then our values as identity based like they should be like rooted in our identity as something like deep seated and so that kind of guided me through how to choose which two okay um, yeah um yeah I it, it was tough um and I when I said when I finally sat down to go through all of this I think like with literally every single word I had to say in my head like what do I what do I, I value and what do I like lead my life toward? Because there's so many words in here that I'm like, well, I, yes, I like that in myself, in people, in work, in art. And that was really hard. It's like literally every word I had to be like, 
do I value success over everything else? You know, am I like, (laughs) am I just going for success and nothing else, you know, but I'm like, but I want to be successful. Like it, it was really challenging word by word. So, um, do you want to share what two you landed on? And I know we also want to talk about like ones that were maybe, uh, runners, runners up. Yes. I landed on faith and friendship. (gasps) Perfect. Which I feel like feels like, oh, classic Danissa, which I guess is like good, (laughs) which I think I thought was like too maybe obvious. And then I was like, is this what I really want to pick? And then I was like, yeah, this is definitely it. I think, I I think connection could have been a second runner up to friendship. Um, But yeah, those are the two I picked. What did you pick? I was was so, as I was reading the list, I was like, what did she choose? (laughs) All right. So the two that I landed on are curiosity and intuition. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. That's so you. That's, that's what I landed on. And, and I mean, this is really an exercise in like, you know, I, I have, I was raised, I was raised to, to take care of others, you know, like I, like the reason, so much of a core reason of like why I am who I am is because like my mother was basically like, here's how you show love to other people. You show up for them. You write the thank you notes. You have the good manners. You this is this is how you show people you care, and like never stop this, you know. And so, it's very hard for me. Sometimes I find exercises like this, and a lot of like how I lead my life is if I say anything like toward myself as like deep, like selfish behavior. And so even like choosing a word like intuition, I'm like am I saying that I know everything? You know what I mean? Like even Mm. in this, I was like, oh, but I truly feel like when I highlighted some of my top words, like the ones that I think I could, and especially, especially challenging myself to think like, how do I do this in an art space and in a worldly everyday, like just getting through life space. Like these are two things that I do think I value above above it all and then when we got to the the next questions I think they really it really solidified it for me I think if I was really struggling with the questions it would have shown me like okay go back and maybe choose another word but that's that's what I landed on I love that I think intuition makes the most sense for you I feel like I see you live out of that value like really often oh that's nice yeah I mean these yeah I think this is really good what what were some runner what were some runners up for you okay authenticity Mm. belonging caring, connection, kindness, accountability, and understanding. Mm. Those are really good. I really loved um, creativity, obviously. Um, Environment is something that I really hung on to for a long time because um, I do feel a particular sense of ease and uh, openness when my environment like matches like what I what I desire, you know, I feel a lot of stress and cluttered environments and, you know, all of that. Um, humor was a top one. Humor like almost made the top two, but I was like, ah, I think it's just an, it's an aspect of, of, you know, if anything, it's an aspect of intuition because, you know, if, if humor, humor is all about intuition, honestly, um, learning, you know, but I, 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 again, I linked that I picked curiosity over that um, vision, self-expression, order, personal fulfillment, and growth. So those were all, those were all backups. 
Ooh, I yeah, any of those could have are true of you, which I think is like really like makes sense for that they would be backups for like what you were thinking. Yeah. Well, let's look at these questions. So uh, Brene also gives us uh, what what she says. It's under the the title "Taking Values from BS to Behavior." So uh, answer the following questions to dig into your values. Um, should we should we just go through these and kind of kind of see how they how they show up for us in an art space and in a life space? Yeah, I definitely had a hard time. I need maybe as we verbally process, which is like a vibe of mine, that we can I can connect them to the art world. <laughs> Okay, perfect. So what did you list in your value one? So value one was faith. Faith. Okay, cool. And then value two is friendship. And then for you, value one was? We did, um, I did curiosity as value one and intuition as value value two. Um, So our first question here is what are one or two behaviors that support your value. So we can lump them together um, because it's the same, it's the same question for both of those. So what are one or two behaviors that support your value of faith and, uh, and of friendship? So for faith, I like uh, did some like obvious kind of like reading, praying, engaging at like church activities as like a basis of value expression. Um, And then I think like in the art space, I think exploring and prioritizing like spirituality as a as a space in my art practice like how am I engaging in my my spirituality as like prayer prayer as a practice or like art as like a sense of like worship um to God and then I think like creating space for other people to bring their spiritual self into like time-based media um and into like relational arts, like that they're like can bring their whole self. And then for mm-hmm. friendship, I said like building community through my job as an artist and then intentionally making and seeking out the person on the fringe of the party. I think that's like often a role I can play, which I think is like so true of you too, of being like that person over there needs like a drink or like we should bring them into the fold. And so I think that's like a value of mine is like seeking out intentionally to make everyone feel like welcomed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, friendship, friendship can be, can be a very broad concept, right? Like, like the act of showing, of showing friendship and kindness and connection can be so much bigger than like, I know who you are. I have your birthday in my calendar, you know, like we go out and stuff like that. And so I think, I think your whole artistic practice is, is rooted in, in the act of friendship being like seeing someone connecting with someone, caring for someone at whatever level. So I think that, I think that absolutely makes sense. Thanks. And I think too, like, how can I, I thought about like connector and helper, like Brene Brown talks a lot about like the Enneagram too, as part of this value system. And that's like part of where I land in the Enneagram is like a, a helper. And so like, how can I help people connect with one another? And I think my art practice is rooted in that to connect with the content, but then like, how can outside of it, they can make friendship or connection happen um, through relationship that happens outside of me. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did you answer these two? Um, So what are one or two behaviors that uh, support your values? So looking at curiosity, um, I put asking questions and leading conversations. So literally just become, you know, working in the act of being curious. Um, and then for intuition, I actually put holding my tongue. So 
um, you know, giving, giving myself and my gut and a chance to, to process or feel instead of, you know, just driving forward with noise. Um, and then especially in the art side, like leaning into the vision. And so, you know, not denying the things that I'm seeing or feeling or wanting to build and instead like going towards that intuitive process. So, um, you know, and I think they tie in pretty, pretty close to each other. And I think both can, uh, can be true as far as like me, just like being a person in the world, you know, I like to be a curious person, even if it doesn't like go back into my art space. Um, and I, I like to be, you know, I like to generally like be, be a patient and open person in, in the everyday, if it doesn't directly, uh, correspond with creation, you know? For sure. And like we talked about in the process episode where it was like, you love talking to people about how they, how they got somewhere from the final product, but like letting the final product be like a launching point of curiosity, I think is really cool. And then I think in your, I don't know, I like leading with intuition somehow like makes me think, where did you get that kind of spirit from? And like, I wonder if some of it comes from like working in the, in the restaurant industry where it's like, you have to kind of move and adjust with a team too. And how like working intuitively can reflect then creatively how you work also and curatorially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of a a joke, but, um, I am, my son sign is cancer and we are (laughs) known to be intuitive people. And I think for me in the last, like, few years, um, I think, I think we, we've talked a lot about validation, you know, I think like maybe having it pointed out to me that, that like, oh, I knew better. Oh, um, I knew this all along. And I, I absolutely think in the service world, um, the better you are at your craft, you know, the, the more, you know, the restaurant, you more, the more, you know, the menu, the more, you know, um, the more you pay attention to what has worked before and especially, you know, I'm, I was very financially motivated too. like the more, yeah, the more that you can play that game. So I think, I think it all kind of came and started to build together around the time that I got back into the, the restaurant industry and was creating, um, kind of at a, a higher, like more hyper level. So for sure. Totally. The next question is what are one or two slippery behaviors that are outside of your value? Yeah. Slippery behaviors. Tell us. I know. Uh, I said not trusting my gut when it comes to faith or wanting, or like not wanting to ask the hard questions. I think sometimes I get scared (laughs) to like do the research on like the big questions that are in our culture or society when it comes to faith, just in the fear of like ostracization, ostracizing of myself, Mm -hmm. Um, just because I want to be an inclusive person. Um, and then for friendship, I said being afraid to be vulnerable, um, due to rejection. So I think those are both tied in to it. Um, that's more personal. I think artistically, I think slippery behaviors is like when I don't try, even when I like, I'm not trusting myself as an artist and like treat things too precious, which we've talked a lot about in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, a lot of mine throughout this is I'm a little harsher on myself, but I literally put down laziness. So Mm. I'm, yeah, like, and just, just like we talked last episode in the failure episode, like, I feel like my biggest failure is if 
I, I choose the lazy route. I don't try or I don't stop or I don't, you know, the thing that's going, that's going to be the next harder move. Like if I choose a lazy path, like that's when I fail. And that's when I feel that I'm not meeting these values as, as well. That's a great, I think that's a great word. I don't even think I, I thought about it in that term, but I think, yeah, not in being lazy or choosing the less, the like easier path is such a failure move when it, when really like trying isn't that hard, like isn't that hard sometimes, but then Mm -hmm. like the consequences are, yeah, it's easy to not live in our values when we're not thinking about them in the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and for those listening out here who are like screaming at us and saying like laziness is okay. Like it's self-care and rest, rest culture. Don't, I got rest in here too. Okay. It's coming up. Don't worry. (laughs) And again, I do think laziness can be like a really big and harsh word, but also like as a person who rarely considers themselves lazy, like I can, I can cut corners. I can make, I can do something that I know is, is not totally the right move or the right thing or whatever, you know, because I'm usually because I'm exhausted. So, um, but I know if I just push a little and get through it, then I can actually achieve that point of rest. Um, so yeah. Do you think also, I don't know, I think both of us operate at such high standards and have high capacity that sometimes I feel like cutting a corner is probably someone else's normal. And that Mm -hmm. feels like a failure or like a, not enough, but yeah. then I'm like, oh, it's okay to operate at like the average human and not have to do like superhuman status all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I have an anxiety disorder. So mm. <laughs> undiagnosed so far. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, totally. I mean, but, that, but that's also, you know, it's cyclical because that's the pressure that at least I put on myself to say like, well, other people can't, but I can. So the pressure's on me to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think, I don't know, another one that I didn't write down that's coming to mind too is like being too hard on myself. Like I think I've been talking a lot in therapy about like this internal pressure that I put on myself to be like perfect for whatever reason. And so trying to like relieve that pressure is like a slippery behavior. I can kind of slip, slope down. (laughs) Slippity slope. Slippity slope down. Yeah, I think both of mine here, these slippery slopity behaviors are are similar and and kind of on the same path of what we've been talking about. Uh, Specifically for curiosity, I said, assuming an encounter or a situation won't be of value and losing a chance to learn. Um, That could be, you know, being like, I don't want to go out with these people because they've never given me anything of value or importance before, or, well, I just know how this night is going to go, or we're going to go to this restaurant or this bar that I don't really love. Okay, let's go, you know, and, and that's, that's just losing opportunities to be surprised, to have a beautiful conversation, to reconnect with someone, to see a place in a different light, you know, all of that. So I think that's, that's bad behavior. Um, and then for intuition, my two, my first is, is laziness. Um, and the second one is, uh, letting imposter syndrome in. So I think when Mm. you invite that in and say, yes, you are here and you are right. Um, that is completely overriding the intuition and just letting a stupid other voice, you know, take the lead. So, so those are my slippery slopey behaviors. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like there are ways that you, um, do you feel like you live into slippery slope behavior more often than valued behavior? Um, 
I think at this point in my life, no, I think, um, or at least this point in like my, my creative life and in my personal life, like, I feel like I have a pretty strong hold on, on, um, what's happening with me in this moment. I mean, you know, I think the patterns that I happen to be in right now is like really grabbing a hold of every moment of like pure confidence, you know, like, like really jumping into it and then spending the rest of my time kind of battling back, uh, the imposter syndrome. You know, I think, uh, I don't know that we've talked about this on the pod yet. And by the time this drops, I think it will already happen, but, um, I am going to be the feature performer for July's fruit salad. And that has been on my mind for a long time. It's the night before my birthday. It's I'm going to perform figurines again. Um, and it's all this stuff that I didn't really want to do, but I just had this like whirlwind moment of confidence sometime in the last two or three weeks. And I was like, you're going to send, you're either going to send this email now or you're never going to send it. And so I typed it up real fast to rain and I sent it. I didn't even read it. It was just basically like, can I do this? Um, and they responded so generously, like in the next day and was like, of course, this sounds awesome. Um, and so ever since I've just, I've been battling the imposter syndrome so bad and it's not launched yet. You know, I literally have to create the imagery and get it live. And so, uh, until that moment happens, I'll be, I'll be fighting back that, that little demon, but, but no, I mean, I, I feel, I feel that I'm in a very active place, uh, at the moment, really trying to lean into, both of these values and uh, really, really trying to elevate myself to whatever the, the next chapter is personally um, and art, personally and artistically. Um, so I'm, I'm trying really hard to, to lean into these and, and battle it off in the, in the moments of, of more weak times. Yeah, that's cool. I love that you're just like confidently plowing, like taking the confidence when it's at the high and like letting that like drive you and then moving forward on that energy. Yeah. What about you? How, where, where do you feel like you are these days? Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel a little lazy in my art practice currently. And so I think I'm not living fully into my like ability, but I'm also like distracted by some work stuff that I have to like do in this season. So I'm trying to like, not be too hard on myself, but also be like, oh, I have projects that are out in the world that I'm doing like this podcast and like done and done is like still having traction and the Franklin show is still like out there. And so I think I'm, I think after turning 29, it's like reevaluating so much of who I am and who I want to be. And so this is like very timely, but also very like heavy in a way where I'm like, okay, how do I do this well? (laughs) And like, um, yeah, wanting to call out myself where I'm like not living into my values and like actually change the behavior instead of just being like, well, I suck and this is terrible and now I'm depressed. It's like, oh, actually I have the, I have the capability to make changes. And if they're not perfect the first time, I still can like practice at them to create discipline. Right. Well, and you didn't list a value of like crushing it every day, you know, like adding to my resume on the weekly, you know, like your values are faith and friendship. And so are you growing and are you taking opportunities that are leading you in that direction or are you not, you know? And so I think this is, this is also supposed to be, you know, your two post-it notes on the wall, or you take down that Eagle poster and cross it out and say faith and friendship or whatever. But like, you know, I think, I think if anything, a lot of this, uh, this uh, exercise is supposed to kind of make everything moving forward a little bit easier, at least decisions, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So, and like a good lens to look through life with, like, like what you said, whenever you were going through the list of saying like, is this truly what I'm working towards or who I am? Not just cause it sounds nice, you know? Right, right. And so it's, I think about that with dreams too, where it's like, are we, is what I'm doing every day helping me towards the dream, whatever that might be. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of pressure. It can be a lot of pressure, but also it's a good guidepost. But like, yeah, not like, not like holding tight to like everything that I do must achieve the dream, but like is the next career path or the next move helping me get to like the five-year plan or the 10-year plan or those kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. All right. What are we looking at next? What is an example of a time when you were fully living in this value? Would you like to go first? Sure. I said for faith, um, when I was living in Turkey, I think I was living out my faith in a intentional way, like within a community. Um, especially because like living out in a place where it was vastly different than my upbringing. Um, I think I just was like, yeah, this is true of what I believe, like about community, about faith, about myself. And so I think I just saw like a lot of values kind of rise up in like a really cool way. Um, and just like culturally it's, I don't know, America is like a Christian nation culturally, apparently. (laughs) And like this sometimes radically terrible way that I don't believe in, but Turkey is like a Muslim nation. And so like having to kind of see the values of those things change and then see where they overlap and like where there can be um mutuality was really interesting um and then for friendship I said in Rock Hill which is where I lived before this I was part of like a arts collective called We Also Make Art um and helping build a community organizationally and helping others like find their voice and their art practice through like encouragement and I think I really found like deep-seated friendship um through an artistic community there mm-hmm. so that's been like where I've I feel like recently lived out these values like really deeply I think coming to Chicago has jostled a lot of my like life and world (laughs) and so I'm still kind of figuring out how to like live more authentically here with a community because that's like what I care about yeah yeah I think that's great tell us uh, a little bit for the folks who don't know um, what brought you to Turkey Yeah. So when I was a student, I like went on two summer um, trips to Turkey to like do like a cultural exchange. And so when I graduated, I got to do like a longer program for two years where we were like learning Turkish and teaching English in like an informal English club to college students, but also kind of exploring our faith journeys and then hearing about other people's faith journey as they were kind of at the same life stage as us. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so on my side of things, I said on the curiosity, uh, path, an example of a time when I was fully living into this value. Um, I really think like once I, once I tore myself out of the black box in my brain over quarantine, I really think that was like my biggest kind of curiosity boon. So Mm. one, I didn't know, I had no plans to reopen the Martin I was fully unemployed. And so I, and I had, I had no backup plan because the pandemic 
fell upon us <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> and so I was working toward one thing and then the universe just knocked me out as it knocked all of us out. Um, but, you know, I, I, I not only dove so deeply into the pivots that everyone was making um, in the immersive theater world and in the project world, but I held a lot of meetings too. And so I know, you know, we've already talked about Siobhan many times and already in this episode, but uh, not only seeing Siobhan's work, but also meeting with Siobhan and spending time learning from her, not only in the Zoom world at the start of her pivot, um, and now it's 100 episodes later, which is so wild, and we're talking about this. Um, but also, I was a part of the Misfits for Democracy, and so um, learning the art of calling strangers and talking to them about political candidates was wild. Um, I mentioned the Telelibrary last time. I spent um, a little bit of time with Yannick, who made the project, and he very gracefully gave me an hour of his time where I asked him a million questions about Google Voice. Um, I held a meeting with my friend Olivia Lilly, shout out Olivia, um, who is an awesome playwright, producer, director here in the city. Um, when I wanted to make a board member team for, uh, for the Locust Project, I met with her and was basically like, how do grants work? How does a board work? Um, and she gave me an hour of her time and, and answered everything. It was so generous. Um, I also took a how to hang artwork class, I believe is through, uh, Lil Street. I have a note here that says to verify who that was from. Didn't do it before the pod. So sorry, I'll put it in the notes. Um, but I, I actively took an, a virtual class that, that taught me how to hang artwork. And so when I got out of this, I had all these notes and all these things to like to go with. So that was a very heavy curiosity. Uh, like I dove deep, I learned a lot and it really set me up for success post quarantine. Um, I really kind of struggled with this second one for intuition, for an example of a time when I was fully living into this value, because intuition comes situationally, you know, like, I, I mean, every single day, I guess you make, if you're, if you're fully listening to your intuition, it's not like always where I'm like, hmm, you know, I don't meditate. I'm not like that deep into it, I guess, <laughs> but like, um, you know, I, every day I kind of had to make some choices for the business or, you know, whether or not, you know, how, how I'm going to engage with a certain person or a project or whatever. But what I finally landed on was, was building figurines um, and performing figurines because especially once, you know, we talked about this before, this is my solo show that I, that I did two test runs of uh, in November of last year. And then I'm doing uh, three stories from, for fruit salad, this, July, um, you know, once I set down the scripts and you gave me the confidence to do that, honestly, um, and to just go for it. I mean, it, it's my own personal stories and I already kind of had a feeling and a vision for like how it would go and what would, would it would be like and what conversations I wanted to have and what touch points I wanted to hit. I think that was probably like the height so far in a creative sense um, of leaning into my intuition. So that's awesome. That makes total sense. And I think like, I love that you said that intuition is like a daily kind of project situational moment, but that figurines is like a bigger reflection of that because you did have to make a lot of calls on how much vulnerability you wanted to share and then kind of about how you wanted it to like land. And so I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
let's uh, we've got we've got a few more questions here to to connect back to our values. Um, keeping in mind both of your values, answer the following: Who is someone who knows your values and supports your efforts to live into them? Pew 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 pew. We're just pointing um, at each other. <laughs> so um, I definitely think my mom is one of them for sure. She like knows all of my values <laughs> and helps me live into them and reminds me like of who I am and who I want to be. But mm. I think in this, I don't know. I think you're also like a person that is very close to me and knows me really well, even though we've only been friends for like a year and I'm, and like, so clearly can like read me like a book and I'm like, Oh yes, you see me. This is great. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you're on my list too. Um, I just put Z and D. So that's all I need. So the buddies, the buddies, um, not my buddies, one, my romantic partner and then my bestie. Um, but yeah, I mean, Zoe is someone who hypes me up more than anyone I've literally met in my life. Um, you are a very close second. And so, um, yeah, but some pretty simple. Y'all are my, my biggest supports and cheerleaders. I have a lot of friends and loved ones and family around me. So those who are listening, please don't think I'm forgetting you. I won't. Um, but, but you all, you two are the, are the ones that I talk to the most about all of it. So it helps. Yeah. I think some other people know me really well too. Like my friend, Patty and Josette and Caitlin and Mads, like these other kind of core group of people that I have that often remind me who I am. Sometimes I like call them and I'm like, please tell me please validate me as a human, oh. <laughs> which I think is like, I think because I've moved around so much too, it's like, I have people in every pocket and I like have to go back to them and be like, please help me remember like how to be succinct across the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The next question is what does support from this person look like? Yeah. I think for me and you, it, it definitely looks like these deep reflective conversations that are concentrated mm. around art. I think they help remind me that I'm an artist and that I'm a good one at that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, I basically said the same. I said dual curiosity, uh, supportive of ideas, talking it out. Here we are. Um, and at times just knowing better than I do. So, mm. um, you know, again, I think, I think, imposter syndrome, questioning, like all of that stuff is so, is, is of such a threat to my intuition, um, that just having a supportive person say like, you already know what to do or like, whatever, you know, is, uh, is the deal. Or when I'm saying like, I don't know, I feel like I should do this, but you know, and the other person just be like, yes, do that. Um, so yeah, but I think dual curiosity, like it would be such a bummer if, every time I was out with Zoe or, I mean, you know, like anything, any like weird ass question that I ask her that I'm sure nobody else would be thinking of at that time. If she was just like, I don't know, who cares? Like that would not be helpful to me in my life, you know, or just like, I don't know, that's a strange question. You know, like even if she doesn't know or know what I'm asking, like at least she's like in it with me, you know? For sure. I think Zoe and the people that we surround ourselves and each other are such like, yes. And people where we're like, yes. And tell me more about like, how you got there or like why did you like there's a, a curiosity to be like why did you even want to ask that question and not in like an accusatory way but in a your brain is so interesting please tell me more mm -hmm. yeah and I think you know again I I I want to be around the people most who who uh are interested in that and I think like 
you know, I think the hard part sometimes about being at least in, in the, in the position that I am in this, like being the, being the sole like leader and founder of, of the Martin operator, you know, right now, um, that it can be hard to break that barrier between like, oh, I am the person who built this, but I'm still like this curious and like semi insecure person who like still needs to talk it out and like have validation, have interesting conversations, you know, instead of just being like, well, I've figured it out because look, I have these walls, you know? So Hmm. it can be, I think, you know, so much of this too, like, I think so much of my practice and, and I think, I think at times your practice too is so isolating that, um, surrounding ourselves with anyone who's, who, uh, helps it, helps make it not feel like that, even if they aren't like actively in it is of such value of a person who I want to spend time with regularly. For sure. A hundred percent, especially because like in our practices, it's like so much based on our personality and our experiences that you can't like a hundred percent teach someone how to replicate who you are as a human. And so then when there's support around it, or even curiosity around, why you're doing what you're doing or how you landed on that topic or figurines or like why you want to tell these stories, then it's, yeah, really validating for personal space, but then for the art itself. Yeah. Oh, I would trade, I would trade never hearing like you did such a good job again for questions about, about the work. Mm. Like I truly would like, Yes, I like the validation and I I think that comes with it, but like, you know, I, that, that, that tough part of a performance when you get out and someone was just like, that was great. Period. You know, <laughs> that you're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, thank you. You know, and mind you, both of us are like, oh, but what did you think about this time that I did this? And what did you think about these specific points? And like, wasn't this cool how this related to this? And I like made this happen with this, like, Yeah. Yeah. Or even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't like so noticeable to you, like, don't you want to ask questions to find out, you know, like, I don't know. Bottom line, DM us your questions. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Um, All right. The next one is what can you do as an act of self-compassion to support yourself in the hard work of living into your values? Yes. Um, I said giving myself love as I wrestle and grow towards my values. Self-love. Self-love. Um, I said remind yourself that learning and growth, which are two different values, but <laughs> I think relate to, I, I go, you know, I, I'm intuitive and curious because I want to learn and grow. Um, can still come in time of rest. Okay. Here, self-care mavens. Here we are. Okay. Um, it can still come in time of rest, often must come from time, times of rest. So, Hmm. um, you know, this is, it's kind of coming into the, I'm I'm kind of lumping the next few together, which are basically like, how do you continue to, to live in these? And I, and I do, you know, something that I've realized more and more and something that I really, uh, I really know that I need to address in my life is, is how my day-to-day schedule, my day-to-day weeks, um, not with the word day-to-day weeks, but you know, um, week by weeks. Anyway, y'all know how time works. Um, how I, how I need to not, uh, I, I can't just like blanket 
treat every day and every week as the same, you know, like I can't be like, well, Wednesday's my admin day and Thursday's my this day. Like on install weeks, my whole week is ruined and I have to start like treating, I, I have to start treating my life that way, but instead I don't, I'm just like, well, every four weeks I have a massive project, but I'll just squeeze it in. And then I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I'm mad. I hate everyone who asks me a question. I hate this business. Like everything is so bad because I'm trying to squeeze in this massive thing while this other thing is happening. And so, um, I do need to really like implement like kind of radical, like rest and like detachment from the rest of my existence during that time. And so I think, um, you know, that's, that's when, that's when my values are, are cloudiest. Um, when, when I'm just like in it and I'm so burnt out and everything. So, um, but part of me is afraid if I'm not doing, seeing, acting like, you know, just out experiencing building, doing all of it that again, I'm going to like miss those moments. I'm going to miss that inspiration. So I got to squeeze the most out of every drop. And like, you know, I, I, I have learned a little bit the art of cancelization and I've earned a little bit the art of like saying no or, or protecting myself a little bit. All that to say, I do think that, um, you know, the biggest thing that I need to, that the biggest kindness I can give myself is to remind myself how, how much inspiration um, can come from periods of rest and how there's still a life to be lived and a world to be seen from a restful space, you mm, know? For sure. Yeah. I love that. And that like boredom is not the same as rest, but like to create space for nothingness can create creativity too. Mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah. And that we should find space for both hyperactive learning and input and intake, but then also space to process and to digest and then to make from there. Yeah. I mean, clearing of your mind so you can have a new idea. Hello. You got to delete some stuff to add some stuff. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, what are the early warning indicators or signs that you know you're living outside of your values? I think the, I said loneliness and lashing out emotionally. Oh. <laughs> if we're being honest. Okay. Maybe flip that lashing out and then becoming lonely because everyone's like, oh. Yeah. Um, or I, I guess loneliness or isolation of just kind of, yeah, not believing the best in myself that I'm like worthy of love or worthy of being around um and then lashing out emotionally sometimes I think when things are too much I think I can often be just like ugly towards other people <laughs> I I feel exactly the same I mean not about your about what's happening Thank you. with you but I, about yeah. <laughs> um about me I mean yeah just as I said I mean my I said laziness uh I put in quotations I knew it as in like I knew it you know mm. um and and ignoring my gut so I think those are, those are the moments, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm right on there with you. And then what does it feel like when you're living into your values? I said, there's like peace and comfortability in my own skin. Mm. I said, uh, life is more alive and I'm an active participant. Mm. Um, also it helps me feel like I'm a little bit more in control, even if it's perceived. So um, you know, I'm, I'm a very control-based person. I'm working on letting it go in certain aspects of my life, but I do, I do like, you know, a great sense of control, obviously. Um, and, um, I think leaning into 
being a curious person, listening to my own intuition. Like it, it does, it makes me feel like an active participant in this world and that I have a little bit of sense of what's happening because I'm tuned into myself and my body. Mm. And while I completely understand that everything is random and that anything can happen at any time and I have no control over anything at all, it gives me that sense. So that's awesome. Yeah. And then how can we check our, how can we check ourselves before we wreck ourselves or yeah, before we wreck ourselves, I said being more honest and slow with myself. I think this year of 29, I'm trying to just like learn how to be more honest of like what I want and presenting it to the world and being okay. If other people don't value or respect the same things that I do, that I should still live into like who I want to be instead of morphing into who other people want me to be. Mm, I love that. And I think like, you know, I'm just envisioning like a couple little post-its that are just like, is this, is this choice or is this, you know, interaction or activity or agreement or whatever leading me towards a a space of these values? So Mm. I'm just going to write that down. You write it down. Um, I said, ensure that I stay out of a place of burnout. I think as much Mm. as I can, I think, you know, I... With the business that I run, I often forget that at the end of the day, like I do have control over it. I do have control over like what comes in, what doesn't, Um, you know, sometimes I feel a a hearty sense of panic around like needing to bring in a certain amount of money or needing to make sure that the space um, consistently feels busy, um, that something new is happening all the time. But, you know, much like we said in the last couple of episodes, like, I think, I think it has been proven that I can do that. And also I don't think people every week are like, what's the new thing that's happening at the Martin? Like I just, I put so much pressure on myself. So working on, working on releasing some of that so I can stay out of a place of burnout as well as protecting my peace around weeks and and periods of time where I know it's going to be really stressful. Um, Oh, okay. I see what I did here. I, I filled this out yesterday and I didn't look at it before we sat down. I'm such a professional. Um, so ensuring I stay out of, out of a place of burnout because burnout leads to annoyance, which leads to lack of empathy, which Mm. leads to loss of curiosity and intuition. And it's all clouded by exhaustion essentially. So, um, preach to the choir. Boom. Um, and that's something that I, that I have not done a great job in, uh, recognizing in myself, you know, and, Um, one of my stories and figurines is about being like pretty divorced from myself, uh, and, and what drives me and, you know, literally like uh, how, how and why I react to anything. Um, and so, you know, I think so much of me for so long believed that I was above burnout. Um, Mm. you know, that I was, that I was given this great, great grand gift of, of going and never stopping and, um, now that I'm entering my late thirties, um, rolls eyes, rolls eyes. Okay. Well, listen, you're still in your twenties. So you talk to me next year. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is canceled till next year when I'm in my thirties and we can level out. Perfect. Well, it's been fun y'all. See ya. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm down to, uh, accept, accept that I'm, that I can get there. And, and when I do, you know, these are all things that come from it. And it's, it's not the type of person that I want to be. It's not the type of person I want to be around. It's not the person that I want to be to people like you and Zoe, who, uh, you know, are, are the most giving to me all the time. Um, 
so yeah, I think, I think that's that, but. Well, thanks Brene for giving us this like x-ray of ourselves and our values. Yeah. So how do you feel after this, after this big exercise and homework that I, that I've given you? I feel like I know myself a little bit more. I feel like I have like a couple, I can see on the path forward, a couple more bricks on how to get there. Um, Okay. And like a little bit of like some light shed on how to move forward well artistically and spiritually and emotionally to be the best me I can be because the world deserves a good me and I deserve a good me. (laughs) Obviously. Um, (laughs) When you say you see a couple of the bricks, do you, do you mean like literally to lay out the path of next steps? Yeah. I think to lay out the path, like, I think I'm often like, what's like, where am I going? And then Mm. how do I get there? And trusting myself that I like can put the bricks down to make the way um, to my goals or to my true self or to a better version of who I want to be. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same. I feel, uh, I feel like a, a little sense of confidence and clarity and, um, you know, I think it's really interesting. Brene recommends kind of going, like going through this list every year. I don't know, you know, like her, her sister talked about how she recently changed a value and, and updated her values, um, which I think is really exciting. And I think my values have deeply changed, especially, especially since, uh, experiencing the pandemic, uh, and, and literally realizing what is truly valuable. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful that you said yes to this and that we spent some time doing this. I'm so glad you presented it. I think it's like, it was very scary, but then I was like, I, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. And so can you. Well, exactly. if, if anybody here, we should, uh, you know, when we drop this episode in a few weeks, uh, you know, we should, we should brainstorm how we can collect some values and share them, uh, with, with our community and see everybody else go through this exercise and see if it helps you in your day-to-day and in your artistic journey. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a good, it's a good thing to have in your pocket and we would love to hear your values and how the exercise was for each of you. Yes. And thank you, Brene, for being our, our beautiful queen. Yes. Brene, the best. Also, Brene, Brene, side note, before we jump into our shout outs, I'm sorry for to interrupt, but I do want to say. I need to know. Brene didn't hit like fame and fortune until her like late forties, early fifties. That's right. And like, she came out swinging with, and with fear. Like my favorite part about her is she's like, here's vulnerability. Here's the follow-up thing about shame. I'm terrified of all of this. And yeah. was like, here I am now with two podcasts, like four books or whatever yeah. making. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it's a great reminder that not all success happens in our early twenties. Can you imagine peaking, like peaking on a success, like, like in a pop band or something, like when you're 22 years old? Yeah, I cannot. I cannot either. So great days are ahead. Great days are ahead. All right. Let's get back to it. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, I love that. Um, yeah. Who are you shouting out this week? Okay. So for one, I do want to shout out again, the music box. Thank you for existing. Thank you for everyone who 
just just worked so hard to make sure it's a beautiful space. And it was one of the spaces that I feared we would lose the most during quarantine. Um, and we didn't. So yay. Um, and my second shout out is to my mother. Um, she's great. I don't know if she's listening to this yet, but she probably is. She's a big fan of most everything I've done, which uh, thank you, mom. Um, but you know, so I, uh, again, going into my late thirties here and I was like, maybe I should establish a doctor. Um, and so I'm on a journey to establish a doctor, get back into that doctor game. Um, I'm doing fine. I just, you know, you gotta go. Uh, and I, I called my mom and asked her if she would help me put together a, a medical history of our family because we have quite quite a, a rough one. And every time you go and establish yourself at a new doctor, it's like, tell me everything that's ever happened in your family. And I'm like, I just don't know. So I asked her um, and she sent me and she was like, absolutely. And she's retired and she's like, I'll call your aunts and get a history. And she sent me two pages. This is like my whole family history of wow. what everyone has died from. And so- <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, is is hard to look at all cataloged all on these pages but now you know i think uh health is you know it's something that i'm i'm afraid of and i'm okay to admit that um and this will help me go in stronger and happier and and with knowledge you know so shout out to my mom for doing that work uh and for living a badass retired life she will be here in a couple of weeks and i'm excited to have her back in chicago Shout out to mom. Thanks, mom. What about you? Who are you shouting out this week? Um, I'm going to shout out Michaela MK Joss for shooting No Hotel. Shout Um, out. Just a great job always uh, making photos and great conversation and making me feel very comfortable in front of the camera. So also, if you need any any thing done photograph-wise, MK Joss is your person. Events, portraits, dance parties, etc. Etc. And then I would also like to shout out my friend Mel Livermore. I met them for the first time in person. We've been friends for five years via the internet and we met in person and it was just really lovely. They're an artist out of Muncie, Indiana, and we've been friends in digital roommates in this artist collective for a while and it's been great and it was so great to meet them in person did they, they came in to chicago they came into chicago oh. to hang out with their family and their cousin who i also know and hang out with cool. and then we just like wrapped in a little coffee and slumber party so it was very sweet oh, i love that i love when digital friends become in-person friends same and same. then last but not least i would like to shout out lincoln park conservatory because it's beautiful and if you haven't been there Go to the fern room and look at all the ferns and all the funny names of the ferns. I agree. And the conservatories, I've been to Garfield Park Conservatory many times more than I've been to Lincoln Park, uh, but I do love the Lincoln Park Conservatory as well. Um, those are my favorite wintertime visits. So Ooh. when you're so depressed and you're like, I don't, I've never felt warmth in my life, um, you know, <laughs> when you're that far into winter, um, Go to, go to the fern rooms in either of those. And they are hot, humid, beautiful. Um, and I believe both conservatories. So Zoe kind of introduced me to this hack. She's like, well, I just go and read. I'll go and read for like an hour because they have like little benches all throughout. So 
usually like once a winter we'll go we'll go and have a good reading afternoon in the in the conservatory and remember what it's like to be warm I love that what a great hack you heard it here for winter first boom boom well this was great Denissa thank you so much for sharing your values and doing this whole exercise and thank you all for listening and please please share with us uh whenever you hear this take take a little bit of time it's it is as Denissa said at the top it's a little daunting you print it out I printed it out physical copy and uh and literally scratch through every every value that I didn't hold as my own which can be also challenging when you're like <laughs> these are good things am I a terrible person um but share with us your top two and talk to us about it in real life as you know we love to do that exactly we can't wait to hear your values and we value you as people and listeners and friends so thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week bye, bye. 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 bye.